0: Hi, I'm Misty Winkler, and you're listening to episode 25 of the Simply Convivial audio blog. And now for a short but meaty focus session to help you keep your head in the game as a homeschooling mom. Classical education is for life. In season four, we'll explore what classical education means and why it matters. Classical education in our home. I like to talk about education philosophy and principles more than methods, although I do have a soft spot for practical tips. However, unless we are grounded in our principles, we will be tossed to and fro by all the practical tips that are out there. Every practical tip is born from underlying principles. And if the philosophy behind the practical tip you're trying does not match your own philosophy, because you do have one, whether or not you've thought it through and acknowledged it, we all have foundational assumptions and we function from them, then the practical tip won't be so practical for you. Maybe it won't work for you, or maybe it will work, and then throw you off course. Before applying practical tips, you need to know your foundational assumptions and your underlying principles. In Consider This, Karen Glass comments that education is simply applied philosophy. And it's true. That's why most philosophers had educational theories and plans. Education is where philosophy puts on flesh and makes waves in the real world. Charlotte Mason had 20 principles that she wrote as statements about the nature of children, about the nature of the world, and about the nature of learning. They're worth studying. Christopher Perrin has some great videos with Latin mottos for eight classical principles. They're worth watching. I've written about classical education principles and how they affect not only our curriculum and our teaching, but also how we as mothers live out our lives in our homes with our families. Because principles don't just shape how we school, they shape how we live. What your homeschool looks like, even as you try working toward classical education, depends on where you've been and how and when you've entered this path. There is no gatekeeper checking your credentials and only letting you in if you use the approved materials. And that's a good thing. Today, I'll be sharing how these principles play out in our house, but we're all different. And I hope that this will encourage you. My husband and I were both homeschooled all the way through and now it's our turn to homeschool our crew. Neither my husband or I ever went to public school, at least not until community college and university. That put us at a huge advantage for weaving education into life because our parents did the hard work of de-schooling their approach. Even before we had our own children, I was an educational research hobbyist. We now have five kids, aged 13 to four, I'm in my 30s and we've been homeschooling for nine years. After investing my idealistic 20s into educational philosophy and reading dozens of amazing education books, now I find it's time to stop only thinking and writing and actually flesh out what it looks like in real life. So what does it look like to put these principles we've been talking about into practice? What do these principles look like with real people in a real home? It looks different in every family, but here's what it looks like in ours. Virtue as the goal. One of my favorite quotes on education is by David Hicks in Norms and Nobility where he writes, The purpose of education is not the assimilation of facts or the retention of information, but the habituation of the mind and body to will and to act in accordance with what one knows. So we need to grow in our knowing, but we also need to conform our doing. We need to do what we know is right. Then we need to learn more and more what right, what truth is. Then put it into practice again and again, over and over. The one thing I try to remind myself every morning, one thing I pray continually for grace to live out, is to see the bumpy patches of our day as opportunities for growth in virtue rather than as evidence of condemnation. When a child cries over math, the problem isn't the child or the math, and the point isn't that we're failing. The point is, will you glorify God right now in how you treat this child? in how you treat God's creation expressed in math right now, and how you rely on God's grace to pull you through rather than on your own willpower. Ideas as soul formation When we choose to read an interesting biography instead of a textbook, memorize an entire psalm rather than an out-of-context verse, or bring our nature notebooks when we go camping rather than do a science experiment from a book, we are favoring ideas over facts. We still memorize some facts. We learn the presidents, the books of the Bible, the genealogy of Christ. We memorize some Shakespeare and some history dates. One year we even learned the periodic table set to music. But it's not a disjointed, out of context memorization of bare facts. The song came in context of reading about the elements, about the history of the periodic table, about atoms and electrons. The learning comes in context. The song adds a fun and upbeat tone to our time together and cements in what we're reading about. Beauty as home. One powerful way to teach through atmosphere and beauty in our homes is to knock down the barriers between real life and learning. We do this in many ways, but one way that we do this in our house is by having no reserved spaces for school. Of course, there are reserved places for the stuff, A home for everything and everything in its home and all that. But the reading can happen in the living room, at the bar of the kitchen, sprawled on the playroom floor, in bed, outside in a hammock, anywhere. Conversations can happen during dinner prep or on car rides. They are as educational as orchestrated narration. Is that drawing lesson copied from the art book schoolwork or a free time activity? Hard to say. Does it matter? Take advantage of doing education at home let it bleed into life, let the edges blur and find beauty and a full life lived together. Imitation as learning style. Rather than thinking of myself as a teacher and what I do as teaching, I prefer to think of it as tutoring and discipleship. This keeps the focus small on the individuals I'm teaching and on our relationship. It's alarming but true. The kids are learning more from the way I handle life than they are from their books and assignments. So how I manage throughout the day and how I treat them and how I speak to them matters far more than anything else. When I notice the habit of complaining or laziness creeping in, I can always see that it actually started with me. My children are mirrors, magnifying glasses, who follow my lead and express the same responses in less socially acceptable ways. So I have to own the attitude problems and fix my own always and first. Poetic knowledge as curriculum. What is learning? Does it have to be measured on a multiple choice test to count? No. Learning is helping with chores, swimming with friends, drawing for fun, writing a comic book, playing ball with a baby sister, helping mom with dinner, reading a stack of library books, chatting with a friend about Minecraft, playing Legos with friends and siblings from four years to 12 years old, helping set up chairs and tables alongside the men at church, playing a board game with dad, and all that is learning not because a fraction might have been used in the process, but because living a full life in relationship with others is a huge part of the training required to grow into maturity and virtue. Yes, learning is acing the math test, diagramming a sentence, or conjugating a Latin verb, but those tasks on the checklist are only a partial picture, and as the orchestrators of the entire upbringing of our children, we mothers need to remember the complete picture that cannot be measured analytically. Homeschooling classically is not about being perfect or feeling successful, but about continuing in faithfulness and love, both us and our children with us. And now it's time for a simple sanity saver, a morning prep sheet. Keep your eyes on the prize. If we strategize ways to jumpstart our days, to pull ourselves out of our own whining heads, and to just get started, and then do those strategies, we'll find that we aren't actually as lazy as we feared. We can consistently show up and do the work, and even consistently be excited about it. We simply have to turn our attention away from our in-the-moment desires and set our minds actively on what really eternally matters. Then we need to act on those truths. Using the morning prep sheet will help us do just that. By repeating to ourselves our priorities and our vision, we can keep our sight on things above, on our goals and our purposes, rather than on details and discouragements. It's simple, straightforward, and crazy effective. The Art of Homeschooling is all about building such streamlined practices into our days to help keep us clear and capable on our homeschool journey. Download your own free prep sheet at simplyconvivial.com slash audio and use the discount code podcast to get $10 off The Art of Homeschooling. You'll love it or I'll give you your money back right away. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this show, please leave a rating or review on iTunes or Stitcher. You can also hit the share button on the show notes and share this episode with your Facebook friends. At simplyconvivial.com slash audio, you can find all the episodes and the free morning prep sheet. Remember, education is repentance. Repent. Rejoice. Repeat.